0: i did i made a really big noise that fills up the whole waveform good job aaron
1: yep that distorted in my headphones that was impressive What the f- is going on down there see, see. it's monday welcome to monday aaron your weekend is over hi that that weekend
0: went really quick
1: Yep, it's over and done with, you get right back to work, but before you do, uh, we're gonna talk a little bit of TCG here. Welcome everyone, this is WTF at TFW's WTF at TCG, I am Chris Vangelis, card-sharking mind-freak, and I'm joined by Aaron. Hey. Uh, you gotta make up a cool name for yourself.
0: Damn, um, I'm okay, I like Aaron.
1: Helicopter, uh, booster box buyer. Sure. Booster uh,
0: case buyer maybe.
1: That's right. I so every, the whole time you kept saying case um, because over here I think we've talked about this even once before. and Maybe it's a Canadian thing, but the the Wave One cases that I've seen for sale in Canada were six. So this whole time no. I kept thinking you were getting six. For boxes. some reason I thought it was
0: four boxes to a case. Maybe that's what Wave One. I don't yeah, know. Wave four One bo- I think was four, six.
1: Four boxes. No, it was you and, like, Joe on wreck and roll were both, like, cases, and I was like, you guys are pretty friggin' hardcore. But then I saw it's four boxes, and I'm like, granted, four booster boxes is not soft core. No. But I feel like there is a thin line between four and six. I actually just traced a line on the table. Yeah. Um, That line would be uh,
0: somewhere in the five range.
1: Yeah, roundabouts. Uh, But is five the line? Or is five on the other side? We'll find out. Uh, before we talk about our Wave 2 stuff, though, we have fresh spoilers for you all, and we're going to get right down to it. Do you remember, Aaron, that mysterious Windblade artwork that we saw in December of 2018? Yeah, uh, it was an entirely different Windblade artwork. Yeah, it was regular Windblade, as opposed to the Combiner Hunter Windblade that's a super rare in Wave 2. Yeah. Uh, also, do you remember that mysterious uh, pulled listing for the Bumblebee vs. Megatron starter set? Yes. All right, I have updates on all of this. Uh, We are revealing Windblade, Defender of Truth. If you take a look at the bottom, you'll see that she is uh, number RTTO4 of 4 from Wave 2S, which you might see as being Wave 2 Starter Set. Um, We have a little blurb here. I've been given by powers that be. It is a quoted blurb, so I'm just reading a word for word. Bumblebee versus Megatron, a new Transformers TCG starter set will arrive in stores May 3rd. Asterisk. More details will be revealed in April. That's it. We actually so there's an asterisk. We don't see what it's for. However, I got I got to wager what that asterisk means. It probably it probably
0: probably the more details will be revealed in April.
1: Oh really? I I was assuming that the asterisk meant. only in some regions which is code word for not canada that that uh, that
0: can be in and
1: among the more details to be revealed in april true true i'm inferring things yeah uh, but that's all we know um so i mean one could probably assume that windblade will be in this box along with bumblebee and megatron uh one can probably assume there's a good chance that this starter set will not have new battle cards it'll probably be a 40 card deck which i'm going to bet you actually it's probably two twenty card decks.
0: Yeah, I could see um the potential of this uh Windblade Defender of Truth being like her and Bumblebee, well, especially since it's called the Bumblebee versus Megatron. It's and probably. then have Megatron <laughs> and maybe a
1: Starscream. Yeah, so uh I was thinking about this while I was walking home from groceries today. Um Immediate knee jerk. Oh, this is where that other sound wave that was hinted about might be. However, Starter set seems like the wrong place for someone like a Soundwave who might have entire new mechanics, but if it's a no-new-mechanics Soundwave, perhaps he will be the partner. If not him, it, I would say it's definitely Starscream, uh, mm-hmm. in which case we're in for a five-star Starscream, which I'm kind of into, because both well, you Starscreams are... You, you
0: could go heavier,
1: eh? unless you think Bumblebee and Megatron are
0: the balancing points.
1: I Well, I think this is going to be what two ten-star teams. What about
0: what about a five-star Megatron? Well, then it wouldn't be a starter because it's 25 stars to a deck. Okay, I guess so. Yeah, I guess they could do maybe do, slip in some starred cards, but... Oh, how do you... S- okay, I'd,
1: yeah. Because, yeah, splitting this is weird then. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, we don't have anything else to work with. But let's before we get into that, let's talk about Windblade specifically, mm-hmm. just who she is as a card. She's a five-star plane, ranged in both modes. Not a plane in both modes. She's got eight health. She's got two attack. In plane mode, she's got two defense. In bot mode, she's got one defense. Uh, plane mode is uh, no abilities. And when you flip to bot mode, uh, she gets pierced two until end of turn. She's a five-star, so there's, there's not going to be, like, game-breaking stuff here. However, the small thing for me is I like plane-ranged. Uh, I like five star planes a lot because I'm still hooked on the idea of ridiculous bombing run and ridiculous uncommon star scream jank. Mm-hmm. Um, and other other than that, like there's not much here. Like the thing with her, probably, you know, being a starter card is flip to bot mode to attack, then flip back to plane mode to defend. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems pretty linear. But Aaron, are you seeing that? What are you seeing in here?
0: I I definitely see this as a good um. Start, you know, again, what its purpose is is a good starter thing. This is a pretty basic thing. Uh, it's nice that it's low cost to maybe have use in other decks if you really wanted to build, try and build like a, a f- four wide planes that wasn't weird. Um, you know, having a uh, is she the lowest cost plane so far?
1: I mean, her and all of the aerial bots that aren't Alpha Bravo.
0: Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, I hadn't registered that all the way yet but yeah Please so me trying me pull to get those guys out trying to get right here yeah good thanks trying to get uh a little bit wider on that with a, a variety of other skills um you know it, it's it's letting that kind of toe
1: dip in on that i'm just taking a look here if i leave out alpha bravo she's kind of actually got average attack she's in line with the aerial bots um, Okay. In fact, I would say, actually, the, the one thing about her that's kind of a bummer is that her ability is, is uh, fully insular, which which does make her a bit less exciting. Because if she was able to grant Pierce 2, uh, mm-hmm. I think that would be more of a thing. As it is, it's it's kind of like if you're going to stack a Piercing Blaster on her and, and a leap into battle, then you're doing Pierce 5. That's something. Um, but I, I'll temper that by also saying, like, I'm not expecting a starter deck card to, like, change the world. But yeah. two of them from the first starter deck have actually seen some decent amount of play starter deck bumblebee and optimus uh, have have been popping around places mm-hmm. um so this is something that might fit into some kind of weird planes or if you want to do a planes deck that's autobot uh, tribal of course you would need to probably use uh windblade along with some aerial bots if you want to for some reason not do a combiner and also ditch alpha bravo cuz you're a monster Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, this is our first look at this thing. Um, most folks w- are, are going to hear more about this in April, which is actually quite far. This is some of the most advanced Transformers TCG stuff we've talked about, I think, ever. Yeah. like Usually it's like, next month, find out more. And this is like, no, next, next month, find out more.
0: Yeah, uh, we got uh, we got the chance to get on this early because other people are getting other things tomorrow. <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah. Um, before we move into that, which is going to be our next bullet point here, uh, just going to give one more opening. Anything else about uh, Windblade or the the potential of the starter set you want to cover? Obviously, no,
0: that's that's this, why I was letting it roll into the next thing.
1: Uh, I had one more thing to throw in, um, oh. just in case well, folks you are shouldn't listening have waited. to this. I'm being friendly. Uh, there was an interview we did, and, and you might not have heard like all the interviews we did, but this starter deck I am going to also assume is going to be the location of a new printed rule book that was talked about. Hmm. Um and I'm actually quite excited to see that. Uh, I want to know what uh, a a deeper printed rulebook for the game looks like and I want to know how much of the FAQ is in there. Uh I'm not saying they got to but I'm going to say I'll be super impressed if the card and like you know the the card and character focused chunk of the FAQ is just in there as like the back 10 pages or so. Just like, hey, for this card, know this. For this card, know this. It probably isn't, uh-huh. but it would sure be no, cute. No,
0: I I could definitely see, like, the the rules and timing things, the, some of those questions that have been in the weekly FAQs. Yeah. Um, That, like, that could be uh in there to help make clear that, like, you know, you get one attack, and that's it at the end of the turn. Unless everybody's tapped, then you get all of the attacks. Uh, I've yeah. seen people be like, if everybody's tapped and you get another turn it's like well no no you don't get another turn you just get to keep attacking
1: there's been a lot of conflation of the phrasing of turn and round yes. uh and i'm wondering if this rulebook is going to be a lot more hardline about what those mean mm-hmm. um cuz i've encountered that even like locally i've had i've had folks go like oh wait or at least folks who were doing it right but then had a moment and they go like hang on so On this turn, do I attack with everyone? It's like, yes, you do. Yeah. It's a weird feeling if you're new to the game, uh, 100%. But yeah. Um, the only other thing, I guess, is, uh, we, you touched on it before, but I think it's worth, it's worth a quick, uh, bopping on. So if it is 25 stars ish for the whole thing, uh, I wonder, do you think it, do you think it is going to be like 25 stars of characters? Or do you think they might actually do the thing of like subtract one star so we have even stars on both sides and then have like a a star card?
0: I'm trying to think of the way that the the first starter went. I I could see it being just that it's, you know, one one team would be 12 stars and the other's 13 cuz that's pretty close especially if they're balanced against each other. All right, that one mm-hmm. star isn't going to be a make or break on it. Um if they do the decks kind of the same way that uh uh the the existing starter was, then it's you know, just gonna be a case of like, hey, take this and divide by two. Yeah. Um I don't know if if they do that or if they would indeed do like, hey, here's two half size decks and then once you and a friend have a gist of it, then you can smash this together and one of you gets deck.
1: Because I could um, make the case for it being two half-sized decks with one getting a star card in that that way you're not playing a weird version of the game that doesn't apply outside of the starter deck, like that you know sharing deck version of the game. Yeah. And then also, if there's a one-star card in one of the decks, uh, if they have that and if one of the characters has a flip in KO pile as an ability mm-hmm. thing, then I think every basic rule will be contained in that starter set pretty much, or potentially at least. Potentially, yeah. And then that way, if someone's reading for the rule book, you know, the rule book will be able to reference something in the set for every rule, aside from if they mention combiners at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then guess what? Megatron and Starscream are a combiner in that set. <laughs> they turn into Starscream holding Megatron. Oh, God, what if that's true? Hmm. I just sort of, I was like joking, but it, then it, like. Is,
0: is that how they break out the sound wave, become his alt motors and boombox and make that work?
1: Hmm. Huh. I was like joking, but as soon as I finished saying that. it, like as soon as I finished saying it, I was like, I that's, not, "That's not, that's not a hundred percent unrealistic." Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, we have this news because um, I'm going to go find the email with everyone's name in it. We're part of a mission. Um, some might call it mission, probably quite possible. Some might call it mission group hug. Um, some might call oh. it operation combination. Uh, Ooh, that, that'd be a better one. Why don't you lead with that one? Uh, I wanted to lead up to the good one. Okay. Because uh, I thought of it. Oh! Uh, so, we are posting this on Monday. That's because tomorrow, Tuesday, when you're listening to this, if you're if you're listening when it's new, as you should be, there's going to be uh, spoilers going up for all of the Devastator pre-con uh, exclusive battle cards. There are going to be one, two, three, four cards revealed, because the fifth one we've already seen, which is their Enigma, but there are four other ones. Uh, and if you want to know about those... Uh, You're going to want to go check out a couple of folks who make media about the Transformers TCG. You might want to go check out TCG Rollout. You're going to want to go check out WASI Plays. You're going to want to check out Reckon and Rule. And you're you're going to want to hit up Vector Sigma of VectorSigma.info. Because each of those four folks are going to have one card to reveal. And then when that's all done, then you can come back here and think about the starter Windblade again. Mm-hmm. So, shouts out to everyone. If there's one thing about this game that, that has been really cool to watch and kind of take part in, uh, it's that we have a very small and interactive core group of folks who uh, do the media side, the the quote-unquote content creation uh, side of, of uh, TCG community, and everyone's really into it, and everyone's very, I wouldn't say tight-knit, but everyone is sort of like a neighbor with everyone else.
0: Yeah, and, and, and the good neighbor that's like, hey, I need to borrow a... A bunch of commons. Is, is that cool? And then you go, well, I only got a half a cup of commons, but here you can have what I got.
1: Yeah. It, granted, it's weird to say, given that, you know, as far as the, the sphere of the of the TCG community, we are mostly just putting up these podcasts and posting on the The Transformers TCG Facebook group, but uh, I like this idea a lot. Um, I, I do, you know, this this idea is fully credit to um, someone. I'm not sure, actually, if we're supposed to say. So, it's credit to someone, but, uh, I have been enjoying uh, checking out all those other folks' uh, YouTube channels and websites and postings, etc. If you don't know who they all are, Vector Sigma, Vector Sigma Info, is probably the most competitive-minded site and um, content folks for the game that are out there. They're very competitive-minded, almost beyond like where I would even want to be for the game. But they have a lot of really good ideas.
0: So that you can break
1: everybody else. I want to use more cards. Though than than competitive would call for uh but outside of like uh talking on a very competitive level there's a lot of good info to pull out of there and they also have delivered a lot of like really solid like just math about the game uh that i think is applicable even outside of competitive stuff like it's not like high competitive play to know how many white pip cards you would need to have you know given odds of flipping white pips because What if you want to run Mirage from Wave One? You kind of want to know how many white pips you're going to need to reasonably see three of them flip over at a given point, you know, without plan or anything adding into that. Uh, So they they are really fun for that. TCG rollout has just got TCG rollout and Wasi plays have just got very solid constant coverage youtube channels going on uh when spoiler season is hitting like they are hitting out videos for legit everything uh -hmm. and dropping some brainstorming ideas what cards could be used for etc uh wreck and roll is sort of like uh they 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 touch on that stuff but they are um more in the vein of a lot of gameplay and a lot of like like in-person local area gameplay Local area in the way they talk about the game, I, I believe. But like, as for as far as the gameplay, they're primarily recording it like in a, a given location. Uh, it's mostly the same, uh, same what three or four folks who tend to be in on on the game. Uh, there's like I a main seven, three. Yeah. I like turning on their stuff and seeing, uh, especially when they run jank stuff. I, that's my favorite. Thing that they do, because uh, you you can see competitive like high tier decks playing just about anywhere. But then they'll run stuff like double star screams. It's from their channel that I got the idea of like I want to try running a double star scream deck, and like that deck almost kind of works. Like mm-hmm. it has some major weaknesses, but I was a little astonished at like building double star screams for bold and orange I was like this is like kind of as far as this rolling high attack like this is a, doing it a little bit easier than some of the decks that are technically better at doing it with like more planning um but those star screams have a lot of stuff going on and I don't know I had fun with that so I wanted to say something nice about all of them um cuz I want to be more neighborly uh, so that's me Aaron is now going to say terrible things about everybody No I won't Why why do you automatically assume I'm a mean guy I Don't assume. I was just making educated guesses. That hurts. Sorry, we'll we'll make you stronger. But Aaron, uh, Mm -hmm. what do you? Just quickly, what do you? There are four exclusive battle cards for Devastator. He's not like a Titan or anything.
0: No, I mean, I I would assume it's probably other things that affect the the tower. That's what I, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So it could be something like, you know, the you knock the tower over and you can take a couple things off of the tower and it deals two points of damage for two tower levels or I'll something.
1: I'll just start shucking tower at people. Yeah. Man, I, Man. I can <laughs> I can see that being some sort of resource. Uh, do you do you think though that there might be a card in there that is basically like universally useful to people outside of the Constructicons, I like, because they had one for Metroplex that's useful for at least future Titans.
0: Maybe I don't know. I I would assume that anything going in there is going to be very Constructicon or tower based.
1: Yeah, and um, there's actually a, a pretty good uh, you know, not not to go straight back to what we're doing, but Vector Sigma Info's uh, podcast, uh had a, a pretty cool breakdown of, of Devastator and kind of, I didn't, I, I was like, Devastator just looks sort of fun, but they sort of opened my eyes to what Devastator becomes. If you build the full tower and combine him, mm-hmm. um, because I, the, the whole part about him having at that point, a base 10 attack, it needs to be highlighted, but once it was highlighted, I was kind of like, Oh, that, that is something that's, uh, that's something I don't want to deal with. Uh, because I already like to pump people's attack up to base ten through other means if I can do that. But it starts at ten, uh, then maybe I can start aiming mm-hmm. towards the dream of base twenty. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Anyway, that's our uh, that's our timely stuff. Um, that still went longer than I thought it would, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna now move into. Hey, listen, it's Monday, right? You have a yeah. whole day to hang out, so why don't you stick around with us? We're gonna talk quickly about our first day with Wave Two um our first official day um just a little bit about polls and in my case a little bit about gameplay so polls wise uh i got a video up um you can go check it out um my ratio was pretty good one super rare three rares seems like across the board three rares to four rares is pretty darn common uh which is quite nice given that two to three rares used to be the common thing Mm -hmm. um per box and i
0: i I definitely feel like that ratio has been up i don't think I've seen anybody say that they've gotten two rares to a box yet.
1: Yeah, I think there... I, I feel like there might have been a report of a two-rare box, but it was within a nest of, like, five boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's realistic to say that there are going to be bummer boxes because this is still randomized, It's but it's got collation that is hoping to aim towards a certain delivery. Uh, The thing that's astonishing me is how regularly it is one super rare per box.
0: Yeah, I, I think I've seen... Like I said, the the only times I think I've seen three rares in box, it's also been plus super rare. Yeah. So it's not been like, you know, oh I only ended up with that. Now uh again, I don't know. I've I've got our uh our demo box and then one other under my belt so far. And uh I was four and one and three in one, so yeah. I'd, and and very, very sparing on dupes, so I I felt pretty good on just the I'm a buy a box and pull
1: thing. My box was astonishing for dupes. Mm. It, that being one. I had one uncommon dupe. Like not even the commons were across the I, I think I might have pulled every common character unless I'm missing one of the non combiner ones. Uh, I didn't really go to like check too deeply, and Canadians currently can't actually look at the uh, official website with the simple text list. Hmm. Um, it redirects, which is kind of irritating. Uh, but I, like, I came out basically with, every, I think, every common character, which meant I came out of one box with two full combiners and a Dreadwing, uh, which means I got the perfect box for me, uh, because I'm over here in Toronto, and that box is going to kind of be at least for a little bit, some of the only Wave 2 that'll be in the city, which means that I was able to build an Aerial Bot and Stunticon deck to face off against each other, and the decks aren't all that bad. Like, they're not perfect, but they have just a nice splash uh, of Wave 2 in them. The the Stunticon deck is, you know, blue-oriented, the Aerial Bot one is a little bit more Pierce and Punch-oriented, and uh, I've played the two of them, and they felt great. So the the Collation, I think I got actually a really good box for a one-box Collation, given that I got all the common combiners, Um, that does not seem to be a very common thing from the unboxings and reports I've seen so far. Um, Hmm. a lot of boxes don't have that, so I I got very lucky. Um, but, yeah, the collation is fantastic. And battle cards-wise, I should mention, uh, I believe it's called Defensive Driving. That is the only battle card I did not pull in my box. I pulled at least one of every other battle card from my box. Which is, given my luck with that in all of Wave 1, was mind-blowing. Like, I was chasing start-your-engines for d- over two boxes. <laughs> hmm. uh, so coming out of this with a near-singleton complete set and the one that I'm missing not being all that exciting to me uh, was a really good feeling. Um, Aaron, do, you, do I don't know if you had a chance yet to sift through your battle cards.
0: Uh, so in, I can tell you after two boxes, I have at least one of everything. All 81 slots in the binder have at least one card in them. Mm-hmm. Um, I have play sets of all the commons and I'm probably pretty close on
1: the uncommons.
0: Oh, that was Uh, one other
1: thing in my one box. I did play set all the commons, which I don't think I did in wave one. Yeah. in in wave one, in the first box, I was, I was close, but
0: not complete. And I had, uh, and well, yeah, I mean, it was something that we talked about after like three boxes, I was still shy of some, of like two or three battle cards altogether, which yeah. then became like the, the trading and wheeling and dealing that we did, um, at TF con Toronto. So I, I definitely feel like, like I, I, I can't, I can't say for real, but this feels like it's a better distribution and a better sorting.
1: Yeah, I'm Um, I'm being real tentative about saying that, but, I mean, it's it's day one, technically, but there's a, you know, some people bought ten boxes. There's a lot of data mm -hmm. that came out today, and the data currently is lining up to show a real good move as far as collation improvement. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's fantastic, because that is, as far as, like, the long term of Wave 2, um that's one of the most important things because if you're playing like limited and stuff you're just buying packs here and there uh it's nice to know that you can kind of move into that as quickly as you want because you'll probably have at least a singleton set by box 2 mm-hmm. um of of battle cards you know um and uh, for qc stuff Aaron you uh had some miscuts but you had the kinds that you're able to probably pass along at some point so for... <laughs> so yeah
0: so i i wasn't sure like how much I wanted to talk about it, because um i don't think it's representative, but it's unfortunate that it was in the representative box mm-hmm. um so both of the rares that I had were were miscut uh they were uh miscut to the side um so you could see uh this like the the uh set um symbol mm-hmm. the edge of it was nipped off on the corner and you could just see a line of color on the side of the card that was the adjacent card yeah um so i got Venom and warpath and you can see that Venom sets sits next to warpath
1: so start um, mapping
0: when when you look at it so yeah so you can start mapping out uh, cases um and i at, I'd, I've had some people say that this is a sign of the end times for Wizards of the Coast due to horrible QC. I've had uh, well, okay, we say, say some. I, <laughs> we say yeah, some. I, was it yeah. was it some or was it one? It w- it was a couple people. I, okay. I brought it up a couple different places, and and two of those places had people um, like decrying the end of Wizards of the Coast. Are, are as a they company. people who don't know what
1: happens with miscut cards? Yeah, I I don't know. Cause, I, I cause, think it, I think it's just the classic angry people that are angry. Okay. Because miscut um, cards for anyone who's in the know, those are not a negative thing because of the other people who reached out to you. Yeah. So <laughs> so
0: I had that happen, then I also had a bunch of people uh, private message me and be like,
1: "Hey man, hey
0: hey, you wanna, uh, wanna trade one of those? You wanna sell them? You wanna sell them? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get you. I'll get you cards that are right." And I'm like, "No, I know, I know that miscuts have have a." A value multiplier of of, of uh, probably two or three, um, for that. So like, if you want to trade me a case for one of the, or a box for one of these? Saying sure, um, but even then, I'd probably still hold on to it because it's such a, a rarity. Yeah, uh, I I have seen a
1: couple other images of people. Somebody that got a discard card. <laughs> I was going to move into this. So we've seen two, I've seen two very weird things outside of what what we got. I I didn't have anything weird with mine. I had a skydive who folded funny until I flattened him for a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so someone got, I can't believe it. Someone got a folding card discard. Uh, Discard, this is not uh, just with Transformers. That's a common wizard's printing thing. They've been seen in Magic over the years as well. Uh, They are a card on the sheet that occupies a space and it's meant to be thrown away. And sometimes it just ends up in a pack. And so yeah, so
0: so for the the tech side of that in on regular cards for wizards it's 11 by 11 on a sheet. So you'd end up with uh, about 121. 121 cards on that yeah. sheet and say you've got 108 cards. Well, now you, you know, you can maybe put more things on there, but if you make more duplicate cards, then you're going to end up tweaking actual product uh probabilities on things. So you'd end up having maybe the stuff in the corner as blanks, and generally they'll say, throw away or discard. um, Yeah. So that as it comes through, that should trip sensors or people (laughs) as they're punching it or whatever to take the stack and toss it in a bin.
1: And now discards cards are not, like, wildly valuable. They are, are, I believe, a little bit more common than miscuts. However... Mm -hmm. In most cases I've read that if someone has a discard card they're able to sell it for somewhere between 30 to 40 bucks to mm-hmm. the folks who collect those things. So once again, th- those things are, like, from from the outside in, those probably look pretty negative, but on the inside in, those are, like, kind of weird secret positives, unless you were actually just really hoping to get some cards. You don't want to go through the bother of selling something, in which case it absolutely is a, a bummer. But uh, the other weird one, and this is super weird, someone opened a pack. It had a character in it, but then one of the battle cards was half of Dreadwind.
0: Uh, was it one of the battle cards, or was it also in there?
1: It was... Um, because
0: it, he didn't ever really make didn't that answer, clear in the he, post that I saw the implication and I could see I got. that being something that pulled on, because well, the, the, I would bet that the character cards are done at a separate point from the battle cards. They probably so are, crossover
1: but the be- nature of this of this character card. So this was the jet half of the card, and I asked him something, which he did answer and showed me. And this is the thing I just, I just thought this was interesting. It was foiled on the back, which mm-hmm. means that it was a finished. Because the foiling is done to in part to bind the halves together. So that means that that thing was, like, finished and then fell into a machine in some way where it got split in half. Um, I, I took the implication to be that it was in the battle card pack because I, I could see, because a lot of this is automated, that if one of the folding cards got caught in the machine funny, got split in half, whatever it is that rustles the cards up might say, oh, this one's this size. It goes in with these ones. It's one of the, uh, you know, whatever. It's one of the battle cards. Um I should double. Ch- I should go check that thread, and see if he replied yeah, he, at all. Yeah,
0: he didn't really reply. Okay. Uh, to like if it was in the battle cards or not. Uh, the the pack, the testify pack that's there with it still appears to be sealed. So
1: yeah, because I, I would have said if it wasn't foiled on the back, it would have been like, yeah, well, it, like it seems to me that the way that the folding cards work is they are cut and then foiled to bind them back together. Uh, so if it was just like an unfoiled back, I'd be like, oh, that one just you know didn't get foiled, so it fell apart. But if it's foiled on the back, I'm like, oh, that's fascinating. I wonder uh, if either it got split or if they cut the cards in half and then that half went in and there was no other half. So it got foiled, but nothing else got foiled.
0: You know? Well, like the, the the backside printing layer is on top of the foil layer, I believe. So it's probably just came off of a sheet and whatever cut process happened pushed a little too hard because uh, I've been in places that do the the um, paper cutting for things like this. And it's frequently, Mm -hmm. especially for something like this, there's probably two different sets of punch guides. um, And one of them just has a stop on it. And that's how you get the the cut for the crease that doesn't go all the way through. Mm, Okay. And so it probably goes and it stamps each page. Well, if one of those goosed a little bit hard and then whatever pull traction thing underneath it, popped it apart, yeah. and it probably just dre-
1: drug along, that Dreadwind half drug along with the Motormaster. Like, FYI, we are hypothesizing. Uh, we we don't know how it works, and I, I want to specify, we're not demanding to know how it works, because uh, mm-hmm. that stuff, I believe, does actually fall into trade secret area. Like, that's not for public consumption, that, that side of production, uh, which bums me out, because I do think it's really fascinating. I understand why it's not, but I always wish it was. Uh, especially with cases like this, I just want to sit there and go, like, man, how did that happen? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, I don't know, I think it's really neat. Um, obviously, like, if it, especially if it ended up taking up a battle card slot, that's sort of a bummer as far as, like, you know, individual pulls. But that's such a unique piece. Um, I'm and, and, I mean, we could probably try it out now that more cards are in the wild and it's a common. I'm curious how easy it would be to replicate that, like, given how, how it was cut. Like, could you just slice it with a knife or would that look different than the thing he's got? Um, I, I don't know, but, uh, yeah, the, the, so other than that, like the folding cards, that was another nice thing about wave two is the, t- you know, most of the folding cards, the ones that are, you know, on, on the median of quality, uh, that most of them are, are really nicely made, uh, mm-hmm. a lot thicker than I thought they were going to be. Uh, I was definitely quite like, I was kind of sitting there going like, I'm sure they know what they're doing, but in my mind, I'm like. I was thinking that they were just taking the regular character cards and scoring a a fold in the middle. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't make me feel super confident, but I'm sure they know what they're doing. Uh, Doing it on thicker stock, more like a board game piece, as has been said by others, makes a lot more sense. Uh, If you haven't seen it, uh, you should check out. I put up a video of my prolonged stress testing of my one duplicate character card. Uh, I'm pretty sure that unless you have a defective one, regular play will not make them fall apart because I subjected that card to a lot more than regular play mm-hmm. uh, for several days. Um, it's it's actually right over here. It's still... Hang on, let me do it. It's still... be great if now is the time that it fails. That's why I'm doing it with the microphone right here. But no, it's not. It's... Yeah, it's still in one piece. The hinge feels like it's maybe gotten... I don't know how much th- – I don't know another way to put this. It doesn't really make – it feels like it got a little bit looser, but I don't know what that means. It's just that's the best okay. way I can describe how it feels. Um, And I haven't been folding it backwards, I should I should specify, but it's – I think maybe there's a bit more of a defined line on the fold on the holograph or the foiled side. Mm-hmm. Um. So but I yeah. could see <laughs> that
0: if you were super extending it, and the ink is on the other side of whatever whatever binder layer is giving you that, you'd be stressing that pass, so you'd end up starting to have that have that the, line. the fold seam appear.
1: I, I am hyper extending it a bit because I realized when I was flapping it around while holding one end, yeah, uh, probably it's
0: about fifteen twenty degrees. I I watched that video cringing.
1: Yeah, when I whipped it down, it would still fold the wrong way a pretty decent amount. Um, actually mm-hmm. way farther than I can easily fold it the wrong way with my fingertips without applying force. So, uh, yeah. Um, I feel like I gave a pretty fair stress test to a folding card. I, I feel like these things are fine myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, Aaron, aside from your miscuts, you otherwise, it sounds like had, had like no real QC yeah, stuff. Going no,
0: on. no real QC stuff. Um, every one of them that I've sat there and worked back and forth a little bit has felt perfectly fine um i don't i could see where people would be concerned with the probably 40 or so i've had through my hands now i wouldn't be i could i could see like i said if if one of those things pushed a little bit too hard and cut through i could see how like you'd end up with a failure state for it but i really feel like the uh the odds of that are are pretty low
1: yeah i mean once i have a few more dupe commons I'll try ripping one in half.
0: Yeah. Try pushing I, one backwards and see if it actually yeah, that's really goes first. or if it just, like, because I, I could even see, like, just the... Uh, the foil might just the, stretch. The, the, not just that, but, like, the inside part of the card, the interior of the hinge, just kind of pushing.
1: Yeah. but Like, when, when, we're, when we're at TFCon and I have access to some more cards, I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to try folding it the wrong way. I'm also going to try, without just going for a full, like, phone book rip, I'm mm-hmm. going to see how much pressure I can apply in the, you know, the, the two-direction pull that would rip a piece of paper in half. Um, and and see how much pressure that can take. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I I really suspect these things are, are more durable than most of us gave them credit for uh, at first blush. Um but yeah, other than that, um, pulls-wise, uh, like I got all the Combiners. I got three Predakings, three Op Maxes, and two Dinobots. I got Rare Skywarp, and I got Springer. Um, Aaron, you have more cards than me, so you have more of those nameable uh, Yeah, pulls. so
0: out of my first box, I, I don't think I did quite the same breakdown of the second box. Um, but in the first box, I was 10 non-Combiners, 20 Combiners. Um, let me go find the text I actually sent to you, um, that had what those individual breakdowns were. Um. Oh, is that far enough do, in the do, past do, that do. I have to scroll to see it? Yeah. Uh, four yeah. out of five Aerial bots, four out of six Optimus Maximus, four out of five Stunticons, three out of five Predaking, two out of five Dinobots, and then half a Blackwing. Yeah. Um, and then since then, uh, I now have, with the second box... I am now complete on both the combiners, probably almost doubled on the combiners. Uh, on the commons, uh, still one short of Optimus Maximus, one short of Predaking, one and one short of Volcanicus. Mm-hmm. So, I I really feel like not getting five boxes is probably the smartest thing for people to do. Like maybe. Yeah. If you're going for a complete set of everything, two boxes and then really like I'd have to go through my character cards because, um, you know, my rares were I got three rare non um, combiner character cards. So I'm I believe I'm getting pretty close to the end game on that, too, and it'd be pretty easy to do two and then buying singles or maybe three and trading depending on how you want to break that um
1: also playing playing some limited uh i think is, is mm-hmm. going to be a big thing like especially if you have a local store that's supporting the game get your local play group and community into playing limited uh yeah it's a great it's a more fun way to collect after you've got a box or two you'll still get a lot of cards and you'll be bolstering the community and supporting the store that you guys yeah. you know play at i assume um like, two-pack turbo is is what we do to support a store if we're going there to play Constructed and there's no entry fee or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I still like that. Like, a lot of stores, it's the Magic the Gathering effect. A lot of stores feel like, well, we have to have tournaments if we're going to have people here. And I like that uh, Three Kingdoms, specifically, has a casual night for the game. Uh, that I wish was more popul- uh, populated right now, but... I really like that we have a a given night that the store set aside some space for us where we don't have to go with like the idea of bringing our top game, uh, where we can go and kind of just mess around with some jank. Um, I still will mess around with jank at constructed tournaments, but, uh, doing it at a casual night is I can get more games in that way. Um, so yeah, get some limited going at your, at your local gaming stores. Mm Um, I had one other one other pulls question for you because it was something I noticed. You know how there's five reprinted common battle cards. Mm-hmm. I found that I often would pull two to three of them in the same pack if I was pulling them, and I don't know if you noticed that at all or if that was on your radar. I wasn't even looking for that one way or the other. So okay, sure. I, I want. I don't think anyone really pays attention to the battle cards when they're opening their packs. Uh, which that's that's actually quite understandable. The characters are quite a draw. But mm-hmm. um when y'all are opening your packs, like something I'd like to know is do you find it it is not not even like super common, but I would say, you know, in rarity terms, would you find it is uncommon, but not uh-huh. rare, that you maybe are opening two to three of the reprints at once? Because it, it happened enough times, if you go through my unboxing video with a fine tooth comb, it happens enough times that I feel like I started noticing it during that recording. Hmm. Um, i'll
0: have to pay attention myself on the next box that i open
1: yeah uh anything that i identify or that even anything that one or two people identify that's not enough to say that that's a thing that happens like with regularity but Mm -hmm. you know these are all interesting things i think to to figure out especially like in early days of a new wave with, with probably better collation going on um but so gameplay wise, Aaron, did you get a chance to jam any games of Wave Two yet, or have you just been open?
0: Um, so when we had our our preview stuff, I got to do a little bit of uh, of sampling on that. I haven't been able to uh, get my normal gaming guys together to do that. Um, I need to go through and and see again if my FLGSs that didn't seem like they were going to be supporting it were looking to uh, support it this time.
1: But uh, we'll we'll see. Go and go and play a few games there on a popular night with combiner cards, and that'll make people at least go like, "Hey, what are you doing? Hey, what's this?" Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I I need to find somebody that would be up for that, be up for that to be dragged in and uh, and be an example.
1: In two boxes, you've probably got enough. I feel like they were almost designed for this. Uh, you've probably got enough to make a stunicon deck and an aerial bot deck out of your pool. Oh, for I, I'm sure I'm sure that I could.
0: Yeah, if, uh, if, you, if you make especially those... Especially
1: with all of my gobs of wave one for for filling out. Yeah, like, like if you make those, uh, then if you still have trouble roping people in, then you gotta start guilt-tripping those people for not being good friends. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, here, you wanna play a combiner? You don't even have to make it. I made it for you already. Because uh, I have a few things I can report from my early days of making those decks and playing them against each other uh, over at Three Kingdoms. Thanks again, Saul, at Three Kingdoms, who uh, played over-the-counter with me on Thursday night. Uh, we jammed, I think, about... Th- three or four games total. Um, So deck building, uh, granted, I'm still very new to deck building, uh, I feel. Like, I don't think I really picked it up in Magic. I was mostly just following orders when making decks Mm -hmm. in Magic. Um, I immediately hit the thing where I was like, all right, I'll make a Stonicon deck. I'm going to aim for blue Um, while I'm pulling my Wave 1 cards. I'm like, you know what? I probably can skip stuff like start your engine because I'm not going to want to en masse turn everyone back into a car. I feel like I'm with this deck. I'm going to want to race towards everyone being a robot. I still came out of the wave one part of my binder with like thirty cards, and I was like, "This isn't this. There's not enough room. This is not working. I need to strip a lot more of these out." Uh, so with the the double size card pool, new mechanics or not, uh, I already found car- deck building a little bit different. I also tend to do it out of a binder, so uh, maybe folks who do it digitally are not going to really notice this. Um, and then uh, playing the game. Obviously, if you're running Stunticons versus Aerial Bots, surprise, surprise, you are racing to combine. Um, mm-hmm. they're, uh, they're, like, kind of messing with the idea, I just found like there is kind of no benefit in this matchup to like sticking around in separated modes. Um, the Aerial Bots, if you get the right pulls, those guys can combine really friggin' fast. Uh, a rapid conversion takes you one step closer, but also Silver Bolt's ability takes you a step closer. And that ability mm-hmm. is rude. If that thing goes off in the right situation, because that's like one ping damage to anybody, and then he gets plus one attack from that the built in flip as well, mm-hmm. uh, and you're one step closer to Superion. And if you played a rapkin version that same turn, you just like took three steps towards Superion in like one turn. Yeah. Um, so that that was that was pretty neat. Uh, also, uh, the green pips. Um, I I originally had three of each enigma. In these decks and then I was like you know what I'm so starving for room um, why don't I just make it two of each enigma guess what we in in the three games we had of guest uh, Gestalt versus guest never were starving for the enigma it was always there Do you, you think you could go to one and still pull off the combination I think so I think if you go to one, you're gonna want to have some uh, some like stuff to dig through your deck, like a couple of like you know inspiring couple leaderships of, or whatnot. Yeah. Um, so if
0: you so do you think if you were already running a little bit of of draw, deck draw action? Oh. You know because yeah. the, because they have like the testify and um, a, a couple of the other like the starred draw three cards. Um, and
1: I'm one called, of the Stunticons like, is names. flip to draw a card. Right. As well. So, I think, if if you were rocking those, you think you could do it with one? I'm gonna try out stunicons with one. I think at some point because I just think they gold, could do just it, just like goldfish it to see. Yeah, I I think they could pull it off because it takes you, especially the stunicons without without pulling a rapid conversion, which I did put into these decks, uh, and I'm I I think you still want some of those in these decks. Like it does it usually you'd have the combination stuff ready to go within a turn of flipping your last guy, if not on that turn. Um, okay. Because you're also, it's a green pip, and you're flipping attacks. Uh, the green pip mechanic was fascinating to actually experience in person. Like I know, I knew what it would do, but playing the game is is different to me than like theorizing. And mm-hmm. it was there were some moments for the two of us where we were sitting there looking at our attack flips and looking at our hand and going like, "Oh, oh, wait a second. I need, I need like ten seconds here." <laughs> I, I kind out
0: how you're doing this thing.
1: Yeah, well, it's partly, it's not even the Enigma so much as it is all the other things. Because I put in, like, you know, Scoundrel Blaster and Noble's Blaster. Mm -hmm. Um, I put in um, the Reinforced Plating that is an orange and green pip. I forgot what it's called now. Um, Mm -hmm. The training one, I think. It's Blast Off and Ironhide doing security training. Uh, And there were times where you kind of sit there and go, like, oh, actually, I could use that. And then you look at your hand, and um, especially once you've combined, there are some cards that turn dead when you combine so once you're combined, you're like, you know what I really don't need? Any of these rapid conversions. Mm-hmm. Uh these are these are now gonna be green pip fodder. Which also means dead cards in your hand have a function now beyond yeah. just like scrapping them. Is they like and, and I mean we, we I think we talked about this even, but like in practice it really was a moment where I was like, I don't mind having junk in my hand, because I know there are mm-hmm. green pips I'm gonna flip. Mm-hmm. Um so the, the green pip mechanic is I think but we fantastic. thought
0: tech research was for it first.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't put tech research or the superiors into these decks. I will say, um, I did pull one of each superior, and I think I pulled two of the the armor. No, not the armor. The blaster, um, mm-hmm. or the cannon. But um, yeah. So so combination was was not difficult to do. I found. Um, and in fact, so I played one game of the my Stunacon deck versus Saul's uh, wheeljack bumblebee prowl cars deck. Uh, Because I wanted to know what, you know, it felt very much like playing combiner team versus combiner team was a type of game that was different than any other matchup, Um, especially these combiner teams where there's nothing really, like, special about the combination. It's Mm -hmm. not like Opmax Max or, or Volcanicus. So... Playing against the cars, I had, a, I had another little moment. And granted, I'm not, I'm not like super good at card games. I just, I'm still picking them up. But I had a little epiphany moment where I was like, oh, I'm in position to form Menosaur." But then I was sitting there and I was like, his Prowl and Bumblebee are tapped and his Wheeljack is not. If I form Menosaur, Wheeljack is going to punch Menosaur in the face very hard. However, I have Off-Road tapped and he's taken three damage. I have Dead End, who is at one health. So I'll attack with dead end. So his wheeljack has to either do one damage to dead end or four damage to off-road mm-hmm. uh, robbing him of the ability to do in upwards of nine to 12 damage to Menosaur And I was like, Hey, this is actual, this is actual strategizing. I, you have to think of the combiner guys kind of as five dudes, but simultaneously as the life bar of your end game. Uh, right. so, so by holding off on the combination, he had to attack one of them to do, you know, like I think he did three damage to off-road, uh, and then i and then i was able to the next turn form Menosaur and more importantly then punch wheeljack in the face uh who i'd been chipping away at for the game because i was like i need that guy to go away very quickly uh when menisor comes together um so that, that was like my first taste of like strategy of combiner teams versus like you know wave one style teams um and uh, also uh, of, of speaking of the combiners uh superion's do 3 direct damage when he combines that's real uh and his Enigma is actually one you might want to consider running multiples of for after you combine. Because after you combine, it becomes Strafing Run. Uh, so uh, that, yeah, if you run, like, Strafing Run and Enigma in that deck, you're doing a whole lot of ping. Um, Menosaur though, was actually the terrifying one, because I, I didn't fully catch on to this. When he combines, you draw two cards. His Enigma lets you draw two cards, and it's like, that's cool. But also, when Menasaur is combined, you are then able to play two actions per turn full stop. And I was like, "Wait. <laughs> that's that's some that's something that's real here because we were also running swindled and confidence and uh-huh. as as has been theorized, again, feeling it in practice was a new thing. When you have ways to cheat out actions and upgrades that are not doing all the roundabout specialist multi-mission tool and multi or multi-tool and multi-mission gear stuff or like two people's flip actions, like when there are just battle cards, where it's like, draw two, scrap two, and then play an additional whatever. Like, that was super cool. And Field Communicator, play the top card off your deck, basically. Was like, very um, interesting to experience. Like, modifying the game's tempo outside of the special cases of like, Rare Optimus, or, you know, the characters that would allow it, or those two specialist things. Uh, or new designs, I guess. And it was yeah. just very, it was very cool. The game feels wider in a good way now.
0: Yeah, uh, that's that. There, there's been nothing of this wave so far as I've been like looking at it and watching other people's uh, takes on it. Uh, that seems like they've written in a way you've got to play it, or written out a way that it was played before.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, the simpler. It's not even that simpler, I don't think. But like the the wave one style, I think you could still just keep playing with wave two. Um, you'd be mm-hmm. ignoring some stuff, but like the, wave two gives you the ability to just play like a sort of you know a head buddy straight orange all bold you know assault thing if you want to do it. You can still play tough blue pips with Pierce if you want to. It's just that now I think that even within those archetypes, you got more options and more uh, more to my taste. You got more the ability to have a plan B and a plan C that mm-hmm. seems like vaguely reasonable um so yeah i'm 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 really excited about about having a full place at a wave two and getting to really sink my teeth into it um and i haven't even started to like mess with my wave one decks yet either i've been kind of like just keeping it to the those two decks i made for the combiners um also we figured out something because we were playing on a countertops, which meant we were playing on one playmat. Uh, if you're in limited space like that, the easiest way to tap a combiner is to tap the top left card with the name tag on it. Uh, that's the easiest way to tell that your combiner's tapped without having to tap the entire thing, uh, when you don't actually have room to do so. So, pro tip. Um, I think that's about it for my gameplay impressions. Uh, at least for, you know, that one time. Aaron, anything else you want to throw in about Wave 2 so far?
0: No, I'm, I'm good. I'm excited to go and open more yeah you have, see if i you can, have two more I simmering can... yeah i i have i have three more boxes simmering three
1: more oh yeah that's right three more oh man so maybe i'll end up uh with all the combiner sets <laughs> it's uh i think statistically impossible for you to not have all of them by the time you finished opening five boxes yeah maybe
0: Yeah. Either that, or you, that, you have the, di- so- the
1: Dinobots could be jerks. <laughs> you have you'll have so many rares to trade for those Dinobots. Yeah, <laughs> by the time you're done, just five of them. Just take it. <laughs> I'm still really hoping I can follow through on my plan of just getting two copies of every folding card, mm-hmm. so I can have a nice one in the binder and then just like a nice Greedly foldy one. I I want to throw down the Dinobots folded on the table. <laughs> um. But yeah, I I'm enjoying Wave 2 quite a bit. I'm really hyped. I'm already trying to I already went on eBay to go like, "Anyone any Malaysian eBay auctions chilling <laughs> out here?" Just with like the nice hookup that can get it to me in a week, but nothing yet. Um I'm trying to I'm also I'm trying to maintain my 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 hope my not my hope, my demand of myself that I will purchase most of my boxes here in Canada. Uh but knowing when I can do so would certainly help. Uh in the meantime, uh, Aaron, uh, if there's nothing else, I think that we have completed another WTF at TCG. Yes, we have. Uh, we still haven't yet managed to do one without having spoiler cards or Wizards of the Coast person on the podcast. But we got closer this yeah. time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Cl- we, we were almost going to, and then we, we were going to. So.
1: Yeah, we were going to. And then, like, it's like it's like Watsi was like, wait, no, no, wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> They can't do this without something from us! Uh, you think you can run your show without us? <laughs> You're nothing! Uh, they would never say that. They'd be like, here, have some sushi.
0: We're, we're going to record something at TFCon and then just Drew's going to drop in on a fast <laughs> bust, rope from the ceiling. Yeah,
1: bust in through the ceiling on a rappel just going like, I heard someone was podcasting about my game! <laughs> But yeah, I'll throw it in here again. Uh, If you're coming out to TFCon LA, uh, I hope to see you there because I'm planning to spend a lot of my downtime at that convention playing the card game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I like playing the card game. So uh, if you're coming out there, um, then like, hey, come by and say hi. Uh, Maybe let's trade some cards. I have some Wave 1 um, wanteds that I've been saving in the hopes of trading into a full Wave 2 set while I'm at TFCon. So help me make that dream come true. In the meantime... We will talk to you again. This has been me and Aaron. it of WTF at TCG. All y'all out there, find yourself a dupe card that's your soulmate. Mine's name is Autobot Mirage. And beat the crap out of them. Because that's how you show your love to a folding character card. That came out in my... That sounded way better in my head. Yeah, I, I would Millions so. of times better in my head. I should edit that out. But you won't. Probably not. F it means, but you got some badass perpetrators and they're here to stay.